Woke thugs, mostly woke white liberal thugs, are acting mostly peaceful again as they throw bricks, assault officers, and light crap on fire. Here we go again. The show starts now. The left is at it again, folks, rioting in the streets over some BS disguised as activism, a thinly veiled excuse to destroy things and act like rabid animals, a favorite liberal pastime. This time it's in Atlanta where the thugs, degenerates and animals, many from out of state, are going buck wild in the name of social justice. So what are they mad about this time? The construction of a new public safety training center. Yes. No kidding. The people who repeatedly claim police need more training are going bananas over the construction of an Atlanta public safety training center. The protesters are also apparently angry about the death of 26-year-old Manuel Esteban Pérez Tehran, a non-binary it who went by the name Little Turtle in Spanish. Little Turtle was killed by police after he allegedly refused demands from authorities on Wednesday and shot a state trooper at the site of the new training center. That state trooper is in stable condition, thank God. But the mainstream media will tell you Little Turtle was a perfect angel activist who was assassinated in cold blood. Those same members of the mainstream fake news media will also once again claim the weekend of burning, violence, property damage, assault, explosives, and shooting at officers was mostly peaceful. And while doing all of those things is ding, 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 violent, CNN wants us to be careful with that word because words and truth hurt Whittle wibble feelings, roll it. Well, I think that there's a real blurring of the lines in, in, in the use of the word violence. Is property destruction violence? Um, to some people, it certainly is. Um, but, you know, this idea that breaking windows or, or, or other acts of property destruction are the same as uh, actual violence against humans uh, is it, it, it's, a, it's kind of a dangerous and, and slippery concept. You know, you keep using these words, violent, 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 um, and it, it gives the impression, I mean, the only violence that, that or, or the only acts of, of violence against people that I saw were, were actually police tackling protesters. CNN has done it again. But even Atlanta's Democrat mayor, Andre Dickens, is calling BS on that gaslight, telling CBS's Face the Nation that rioting, smashing, shooting, burning, and otherwise terrorizing the city is not, in fact, peaceful. Folks, these are the same outlets who just a couple of weeks ago spent an entire day, sorry, the last two frickin' years, recounting the horror of January 6th. Yes, a single day. I just can't with these liberals. The mental gymnastics are exhausting. Up next, I'm joined by Josie, the redheaded libertarian, to discuss Atlanta, Classified Joe, and so much more. That's next. Despite Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre telling us one, two, three, four, five, six times the search of Classified Joe was complete. The, the search is clearly complete. They completed uh, the, uh, uh, the search. The search is complete. Uh, he is confident in this process. You should assume that it's been completed, yes. After the search concluded last night, that search was completed last night. Whoopsies, they found more. Again, this might be the most twisted game of Where's Waldo I've ever heard, but why is it that Trump is raided and Joe is just searched? Hmm, well, let me ask my next guest political commentator, Josie the redheaded libertarian. 
All right, Josie, I got to get into this with you because to me, it seems like the walls are closing in on classified Joe Biden. I think Democrats are ready to throw him under the bus any minute now. What's your take on it? I absolutely agree. So they either want him to resign or they want to impeach him or they want a 25 a.m. or they just want to make it so he can't ever run again. And uh, we got to ask why? And I wonder if they have some sort of uh, controlled person they want to slide in over him. I'm not sure they want Kamala there, but I'm thinking maybe like a Pete Buttigieg or uh, uh, Gavin Newsom, like as a 2024 20, uh, candidate. But whatever they're doing, we know that they're doing this to lay groundwork so that they can apply it to Donald Trump. So I think that this was all part of the plan. So maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist, conspiracy theorist who has happened to have been right about a lot of things over the last several years, as we all have in the conspiracy theory world. But I have a conspiracy theory that I think that this was all planned. I think that they knew that Joe had these classified documents long, long ago. I don't think that they were unaccounted for for this many years. I think that they well knew that they were going to find this. I think that they timed it right to put it out there. And I'm not even so sure that Joe wasn't in on all of it. Quite frankly, I think this was all part of the plan. Get him elected, give him a couple of years, throw him under the bus, he goes to the retirement home, they insert Kamala or Gavin or somebody else, and I think that this is working out exactly how they constructed it. Yeah, he's got too many bad sound bites. They, they don't want him to be the 2024 guy. They, they want the old guard out and the new guard in. But they're still going to have the radical guard because that's what they've done for the last two years. And Joe has been a willing puppet. I mean, he's done everything yes. that they have wanted him to do. But I wonder, do you think it would be worse for our country and for our freedoms if we had a Kamala really take the reins or a Gavin Newsom take the reins? I know that you fled from a blue state. I fled from California. My worst mm -hmm. nightmare is Gavin Newsom in that White House. Yes. Absolutely, I agree. Um, coming from a blue, coming from a blue state down to the free state of Florida, um, I I had to I had to save my children. I had to get out of there. I can't imagine turning the whole country into Gavin Newsom's California. That's that's my worst nightmare. Agreed. And he is such a smooth talker, Josie. I think that that is what <laughs> concerns me the most because Joe is a bumbling idiot. Kamala, she is also a bumbling idiot. There are a lot of bumbling idiots over on the Democrat side. But Gavin Newsom, for as much as I detest him, he speaks well. He is very Barack Obama-esque. And I think that the American people will be fooled. I don't even think them looking at California and saying, boy, that's kind of a woke disaster. I think that his charm and his mm -hmm. way that he speaks and his charisma, I think it's going to override all of that. Do you think he's going to be able to pull that off, whether it's sooner or in 2024? Because I think either way, we're going to get a candidate Newsom. Yes, I, I agree. I think that they the, the goal is to pit him up against DeSantis. I think that they want to have his eloquence and speaking and his charm and his charisma, because that's the kind of stuff that wins election. I think they want to put that up against Governor DeSantis, who's a little more abrupt and a little more uh, brass. And uh, I, I think that that's 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 who they want to face him if uh, DeSantis is the candidate. And I dread it, but uh, I could see Newsom winning because he's been marketing California as a a free state in the same way uh, Ron DeSantis is, which is bizarre as a, uh, we're watching this is, this is insane. Um, like, but he's at all of his uh, political commercials are framing California as the home of the brave and free. And yeah, uh, it's, it's free for limit unlimited abortions. That's what it's free yeah. for everything else though. I mean, <laughs> the first state to lock down lingering 
COVID protocols and states of emergency still being called because of COVID. I mean, it's anything but a free state. I don't know what's worse, New York or California, but quite frankly, I think California might be a little worse because in California, they actually love to wear masks and they've been conditioned to do so. But I want to talk to you about that because I know that you fled a blue state. I know that you're in the great state of Florida right now with a wonderful governor, America's governor. My hope will be our next president. But why, so. why make that move? Other than the obvious reasons, taxes, freedom, what was it that made you decide, hey, this is time for me to go. I'm moving to Florida. My children. So uh, they were all up in just the school, you know, starting in 2020, they were just in a regular, regular public school and the schools all shut down. Um, and I have three children. And at the time they were uh, 11, 10 and four. And we're learning about what happens when you mask a four-year-old because a lot of the times, you know, that's that's how their speech and their language is developed is by modeling and watching. And we weren't able to do that because you had to wear a mask literally everywhere. You had to wear a mask everywhere. So I couldn't normally like go into the grocery store or anything and show, you know, help my daughter learn words or numbers or math or anything because I had to keep my face protected like this. So she, so she was being delayed for that. Um, and then it comes into 2021 and, you know, at the same time that we're having, um, all of this COVID stuff up there, it's also a lot of, um, SEL is in the schools, the CRT is in the schools and, um, also queer theories in the schools. So we're having my, my oldest daughter, who's a tomboy, we're having people question her gender and her sexuality. And she's, you know, she's, she's a middle schooler, she's little, and they're trying to plan ideas in her head. So that's, that's another issue that was making her uncomfortable because she didn't know how to face it. You know, so I'm dealing with, with that on top of the COVID stuff, delaying my other daughter's speech. And then we're getting to the point where they're trying to mandate vax passports for kids over six. And they did that in a lot of cities. So my oldest daughter that I just mentioned, who's the tomboy, um, She's got a condition, a one in a million condition. It's called CRMO, chronic recurrent multifocal osteomyelitis, where her immune system breaks her bones. And she was treated in a Boston hospital for that. And they were trying to make it so if I took her to get her treatments at the Boston hospital, I wouldn't be able to stop anywhere with her and feed her or, you know, she got sick or something. I, I can't stop anywhere because she's not vaccinated, you know, because why would I put an experimental vaccine into my child with this one in a million disease? So we're getting to this point where I can't stop anywhere now. So I can take her to have her treatments, but we're not allowed in a restaurant, you know, because she's not vaccinated, neither am I. So, you know, that's, that's, that's just like strike three at this point. So, you know, we're like, all right, it's, it's just time to get out of here. We, we got to go to a free state, you know, we get to Florida and it's like, COVID isn't even here. Nobody's masking. I don't know anybody who's got sick since I moved here almost a year ago. No one in my girls' schools are getting sick. Um, no one my husband works with has gotten sick. Like, it's just, it's not a thing. You know, whereas up in Massachusetts, it's it's another pandemic. They're looking at putting masks back on everybody again. So I don't know if it's the vitamin D. I don't know if it's the vaccine. I, I don't know what it is. But for whatever reason, um, it's healthy in Florida. Everybody's healthy. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm really happy. It's a great move. Yeah. Freedom is really good for people. It's good for the body. It's good for the mind. It's yeah. good for the soul. And I think it Florida is. is such a great state. You know, I'm in Tennessee. We're very similar in Tennessee. There's a lot of states. My home state of South Dakota, we never shut down for COVID. That wasn't even a thing there. It didn't touch us. We didn't have masks. We didn't have anything in my home state of South Dakota. So there's a lot of states that stood for freedom. But mm -hmm. I wonder, though, I wonder what the next step is. 
in all of this? Because you do have these free states like Tennessee, like Florida, like South Dakota, like Texas. But you also have a lot of liberals that are moving to these states and you'd think that they would vote for freedom. But I'm not so sure that that COVID mentality hasn't worn off and people are forgetting having a little selective amnesia as to why they move to these states I'm very concerned. I don't want to see Tennessee become like Austin, Texas. I don't want to see Florida become like Austin, Texas. I don't want to see that liberalism creep in. Are you seeing it at all where you are in Florida? What's great about Florida, uh, statistically, I can't remember who did the the survey on it. It could have been Scott Pressler. But everybody moving there is red. So so Florida's growing more and more red. It was like plus 20 over uh, uh, Charlie Christ or, or Christ or whatever his name is. Um, Ron DeSantis beat him out and uh, the Hispanic population all votes red. So Florida, thank God, is getting redder and redder. And a lot of that's turning off a lot of uh, left, the left wing from moving here because, you know, like the don't say gay bill and all the propaganda, you know, that's scaring them away, which is is beneficial for us because, you know, we, we read the bills and we know what they are and it scares them away. They don't want to live in a state that's like that. So, oh, well, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not seeing it here in Florida, thank God, but I feel like it is happening in Arizona. A lot of uh, the Californians are going to Arizona um, and turning that blue. So it does still happen in other states, unfortunately. It does. You know, it happens here in Nashville. This has been a blue city for quite some time, but we have no fear of Tennessee turning blue. It's a pretty red state. You take out Nashville and Memphis and maybe a little bit of Knoxville and you're solidly red. So we have that insulation Mm -hmm. here, which is always nice to see. Last question I have for you. I know you love Ron DeSantis, but I also know that you're a libertarian. So how does that factor in? And do you think libertarians, when it comes to vote in 2024, Do you think that they're going to go the Trump route, the DeSantis route, or is there somebody else that you guys are cultivating within that libertarian movement that you think is primed and ready to go? I'm a small L libertarian, so I'm like um, uh, Thomas Massey, Rand Paul, so so I'm a pragmatist. I I know that a libertarian candidate can't win, so I'm going to vote for the closest thing to liberty that I can find. I'm going to vote for the person over the party, Um, and there are a lot of libertarians that are following that suit. It's called the small L libertarian versus the big L party libertarian. Uh, The plan for big L libertarian is to more, they're always going to have a presidential candidate, but they're going to start focusing more on getting um, liberty candidates into like the sheriff's office, off the school board, um, on town councils, you know, places where they can make a difference on a local level and uh, start to build up from there. It's going to be a process, um, you know, probably like a 10, 15, 20 years but that's how the communists infiltrated America. So we're going to have to infiltrate them with liberty just right back by uh, beating them at their own game. Well, I love that. And I think within the conservative movement, the America First movement, there's a lot of libertarianism just built in there. I myself, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a libertarian, but when it comes to the social issues, I don't really care what people do. I'm like you. I'm about freedom. Don't push it on me. Don't push it on children and don't make me pay for it. But other than that, let your freak flag fly. I really don't care what you do. And that's the liberty that I think is really ingrained and embedded in the conservative movement as a whole. So I'm excited to see it. I think that there's a lot of liberty to go around and we'll have to wait and watch. I don't think it's going to be Joe Biden in 2024. I can tell you that much. But Josie, thank you so much for spending the time with me today. I really appreciate it. And I'm so happy that you are enjoying Red Ron DeSantis, Florida. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. All right. Up next, the FAA has made major changes to heart health requirements for pilots. Um, Hello, people. This crap is getting next level scary. Dr. Thomas Levy joins me next with what you need to know. 
It's been a strange couple of years, folks. We went from being forcibly masked in airplanes less than a year ago to this. Flash forward. The FAA, that's the Federal Aviation Administration, has now loosened the EKG range for pilots while offering no explanation as to why. Yet, they want to make sure you know it's not because of those sudden heart health issues and sudden deaths associated with that beloved COVID vaccine. Yeah, sure. Here to weigh in with what we all need to know is board-certified cardiologist and medical advisor to U.S. Freedom Flyers, Dr. Thomas Levy. All right, doctor, thank you so much for being with me. I have a lot of questions. Well, thank you for having the having me on your show. I appreciate the opportunity to use your uh, your stage in order to get this word out because it is very important information, no doubt about it. So I'm very confused by this loosening of the guidelines. So is the FAA essentially saying that if a few few pilots have a heart episode or they drop dead in the cockpit under these new guidelines, that's a risk we should all be willing to take? Because that's how it reads to me. Well, you know, I got to say early on by that, I mean, uh, about a month ago, I was very hard on the FAA as being completely negligent in this regard until I realized that nearly all the doctors and most of my fellow cardiologists weren't particularly alarmed about this prolongation of the period of time it takes for a heartbeat to conduct through the heart. However, in fact, when I investigated it, there's solid evidence that when this prolongs, there's a significant increase in the risk of heart arrhythmia, heart block requiring a pacemaker, and even an increased risk of death. And what made it even worse for the FAA, although I'm not sure they realize it, I hope they do soon, is that this PR interval, this conduction interval, was suddenly taking place in a large number of electrocardiograms since the beginning of the pandemic, since the presence of the persistent spike protein coming from either long-haul COVID or from the very proliferate vaccines since they're designed to give mRNA that makes spike protein. So this is the problem. Now, the data that they accumulated on how bad this was was on the PR interval before the pandemic. You can only imagine that this interval being prolonged now in the setting of the pandemic and the factors that I mentioned bodes very poorly for this not being just further inflammation of certain areas of the heart affecting the conduction system. It's, it's highly alarming, no doubt about it. That's what really concerns me. I know that you're an advisor to the Freedom Flyers. I had one of those pilots on my show a couple months back Facebook was very angry that I posted that clip, so was Instagram, and at that point, so was Twitter. They didn't want a pilot talking about any fear of vaccine side effects, especially when it came to a pilot being in the cockpit and fearing having some kind of a heart issue or a heart episode. This is something that pilots are very, very concerned about. But for some reason, big tech and especially big pharma, they don't want that out there. But from what you've seen with working with the Freedom Flyers, with talking to other pilots and just individuals that have had heart issues, possibly because of the vaccine, are you concerned for our pilots in the air about what's going to be happening to them and to passengers for the next one, two, three, four, five years? I'm very concerned. And let me emphasize one point, because you said maybe the vaccine. I want to say this is due to persistent spike protein, which comes from having COVID chronically or from 
and for and due to the presence of the vaccine, because that's what the vaccine is designed to do, is to put the spike protein inside your body. And not everybody is able to eventually flush it out of their system. So, no, we need to be very concerned about this. The other problem is with these areas of inflammation slowing down the conduction inside the heart, it can also make heart cells unstable. They're basically electrical cells designed to conduct the heartbeat through your heart. And because of that, when they get inflamed, they become unstable and they're prone to extra beats and the extra beats can cause an arrhythmia and that that arrhythmia can be inconsequential or it can be severe enough to cause cardiovascular collapse and even sudden death. So these are not inconsequential issues. They need to be taken seriously. I just want the FAA to realize what's going on. It's They could be forgiven for doing this as long as they rectify it by saying, oh, wow, this is really a serious issue. We're glad it came to our attention. Let's do more extensive testing. Because I'm not saying a pilot that has this prolongation should be banned from flying. He should only, he or she, should make sure that certain critical tests, namely the cardiac troponin level and the D-dimer level, one measures heart inflammation, the other mentions, uh, uh, tracks abnormal blood clots, that those are normal. And once they're normal, in the event they were ever abnormal, then the pilot needs to pass certain basic cardiac testing that's never really been done before. I mean, the FAA should have required for a long time just a cardiac stress test because they all only require an EKG. And if it's normal, that, that ends it. But the problem is, is an EKG does not predict heart attack. And that's what most commonly kills, let's say, a 50-year-old male in the prime time of his life. So these are all things they need to address this spike protein. They need to address this issue of the PR interval. And they need to improve their testing in general. Yeah, well, the FAA is one. I know that you said that they should just apologize and rectify the situation. Well, they're the least of my concern because there's a whole lot of people that really need a day of reckoning. I want to talk about these sudden deaths. We've got Damar Hamlin. We've got several individuals. It seems like every day we see somebody who just had a sudden heart attack. Now, there are some people that probably would have had a heart attack anyway. But, you know, as somebody who's looking at this and thinking, hmm, a lot of young, healthy people suddenly having heart episodes. We didn't see these kind of headlines three, four years ago before that experimental vaccine. How much of this do you attribute to vaccine side effects? Almost all of it. I say that because it's my opinion uh, that Damar Hamlin had an arrhythmia secondary to a smoldering low-grade inflammation in his heart, just like I described. But for people who aren't aware, there have been between 500 and 1,000 soccer players at the peak health of their life in Europe either collapse or drop dead while playing uh, soccer in those leagues too. It just for some reason hasn't received the attention, but it's very dramatic. You can see the news reports that are generated with each one that collapses. You can see the video. So this is something, I mean, I don't, I, I never understand the reasons completely for why something is pushed under the rug, especially when it can affect your own sweet, warm body, because most people eventually fly, some very frequently. Yeah, well, uh, 
I'll say this, you don't have to. Liberalism is a disease in and of itself. And if the government tells liberals that they should get this vaccine, whether or not they're concerned about the vaccine side effects or not, they'll do it because they follow the liberal gospel. And that's how it goes. But I'm very concerned about this. And I'm even more concerned about young people. It's one thing when you're 50, 60 years old, we have to worry about those pilots. We have to worry about all Americans in that bracket. But what about these young people who were vaccinated once, twice, boosted? I'm talking very young people whose parents thought that that was the noble, valiant thing to do is rush and get an experimental COVID vaccine. What are we going to see as those kids grow up? Have you seen any indications of the side effects that they're going to face, maybe for the rest of their lives? Well, we're already seeing it, Tommy. We're already seeing it. And unfortunately, the spike protein that we're talking about seems to hit the young people, at least in regard to their heart, more often than the older folks. And I have to completely say and assert right now, and we all know pretty much if we had our eyes open what happened during most of this pandemic, where many doctors were prohibited from prescribing effective drugs for COVID. Well, not only are there drugs that are effective COVID, there are a host, many different natural substances, very well, solidly established, that resolve early COVID and even late COVID and prevent COVID. My point being, Tommy, is there is no health reason for subjecting anybody to a vaccine that has potentially such horrible side effects, no matter how minimal they are, and I don't think they're minimal, but no matter how minimal they are, this should not be the approach. We're just completely abandoned therapeutics. All we do is emphasize pharmaceutical agents, and believe me, things like vitamin C, and other agents, vitamin D, but especially vitamin C. Most people that have this problem are very low on vitamin C. And when you give large doses of it, you can completely obliterate the virus uh, in a day. That's astonishing to me that we are finally hearing about this because medical professionals like yourself were silenced. They were censored. They were shamed and demonized for saying any of this even a year ago, even as much as six months ago, now it's becoming a little bit more mainstream. But for a lot of people, that's too late because they already went and got the vaccine one, two, three, four times. These individuals out there, I don't care how liberal they are, what would you tell somebody that's saying, you know what, every six months I'm ready to go get another booster? What would you tell that individual if you could get their ear and make them listen? Well, I would say if you're lucky enough to have gotten through your first two shots without any noticeable or severe problems, count yourself fortunate because the toxicity and concentration of all the vaccines, for whatever reason, does not appear to be equal. So let's say you got one of the less toxic ones, it didn't harm you. However, and I can't make this more definitive, do not, under any circumstances, consider getting a booster because that can be the gasoline that you throw on the smoldering fire of a very low-grade myocarditis that you still could have even though you're feeling well. This is all so shocking to me. I want to thank you for being one of those individuals who's been brave and bold enough from the beginning to raise the warning signs and the red flags to all of this because there are so many like you that wanted to say something but they didn't have that intestinal fortitude to do it and you have no doubt saved countless lives because of it. Thank you so much, doctor, for educating me and for speaking the truth. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate being on your show, Tommy. Get the good word out. Keep the good work up. Oh, we will. And I hope to see you very soon because I have a feeling there's going to be no shortage of discussion about this for the coming months. 
and even years. No, there shouldn't be. You're right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Still ahead, my friend and colleague Gianna Caldwell was shooed out of a cafe in Miami for being a conservative. And yeah, you're damn right. I have some final thoughts. My friend and Fox News colleague Gianno Caldwell was asked to leave a cafe in Miami for what? For being a conservative. That's what. These liberals have some kind of nerve and some kind of deranged a-hole audacity. It's time for Final Thoughts. If you're a Fox News viewer, you know my friend and colleague Gianno Caldwell. Not only is he a damn good political commentator, he's also a great person, an upstanding gentleman, and I'm proud to call him my friend. Over the weekend, he was asked to leave a cafe in Miami because his politics weren't aligned with the establishment. Take a listen to this. One of the owners came over to the table and told us she had been listening to our conversation. We were not welcome there. And I said to her, I said, did I say something that was triggering to you? She said, no. She said, our, po our politics aren't aligned. I'm one of the owners. I'm an owner here. I don't feel comfortable. You have to leave. So then I stood up. I walked out. And so did the rest of my group. Now, here's what we were talking about that was so problematic for this lady who happens to mm. be white, I believe. I was talking to them as they were getting to know me for the first time about Fox News. They said, how do you like, you know, working over at Fox News? I was talking to them about uh, my values. They said, are you a conservative? I said, yes. In fact, I have a book called Taken for Granted, How Conservatism Can Win Back the Americans That Liberalism Failed. You should get the book. I talked to them about my brother. I was on Capitol Hill just the other week talking to members of Congress about violent crime in America and trying to get justice for my brother and other victims of violent crime. I also talked about progressive DAs and how they're exacerbating the crime issue across the country. This was so problematic to this lady that she told me that I needed to get out of her establishment. If this was not the Jim Crow South, I couldn't tell much of a difference. You've got to be freaking kidding me. First of all, lady, do you eavesdrop into conversations of all your guests or was Gianna a special case? Second, how freaking dare she? If Gianna was a liberal, Al Sharpton would have been down there by now leading a protest and a lawsuit. These liberals are really something else, and not in a good way. They feel so powerful, entitled, and untouchable, they feel they not only have the right but the duty to pull crap like this. This lady was so triggered by a differing viewpoint, she eavesdropped to hear that she had to ask Gianno to leave the establishment? Welcome to 2023, where so-called woke progressives have brought back their own special form of ideological Jim Crow. Disgusting. And I know this kind of thing well because it happened to me a few years back in Minneapolis. Except in my case, the patrons chanted F you bitch at me and my parents and threw water on me before I was asked to leave. It's happened to me many, many times, including right here in Nashville where some Looney Tune green hair tried to egg me from the 15th floor of her apartment building. She missed, of course, because liberals don't have great aim. But it's all this kind of crap so-called leaders like Maxine Waters asked for after all. Let's stay the course. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. 
she's gotten her wish a hundred times over. I never want to hear liberals preach about tolerance and diversity again. Y'all are fake and phony ass. You don't deserve to even pretend to care about people. Gianno is one of the nicest, most genuine people I know, and that BS commie cafe doesn't deserve his business. Oh, and lady, you're in a red state run by a man who is not only a staunch Republican, but also likely our next president, so get familiar. Those are my final thoughts. Be sure to catch the entire show as well as exclusive content on Outkick.com. From Nashville, God bless and take care.